This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. ADL is not only on the front line against anti-Semitism and hate in this country, but also around the globe. My colleague and friend, Liat Altman, the director of Latin American Affairs for ADL, it's her job to monitor and confront these issues in the countries of Latin America. She recently returned from a very special trip to Buenos Aires, Argentina, and I've asked her to join me on the show to describe that experience. This is not Liat's first time on the show, so I will say welcome back, Liat, too. From the front lines. Thank you very much, Scott. It's always a pleasure. Your trip to Buenos Aires was in July because that was the 28th anniversary of the bombing of the Jewish Community Center there, which is known by its acronym, AMIA. Can you briefly tell us the history of that bombing? It's the second bombing that occurred um, at the hands of Hezbollah, masterminded by Iran, in Argentina. The first one was in 92. This was the second in 1994. Uh, 85 people uh, perished. Uh, it's very important to say that it was an attack against Argentina, even though the community was being targeted. Um, a lot of Jews and non-Jews perished. But it really was a way for uh, the Iranians and Hezbollah to inflict a wound into Argentina and also in Latin America. Um, Iranian influence in the region is still being present, it's present even until today. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there hasn't been one person uh, sent to jail um, yet, although there are people who are known to be the masterminds, uh, who have Interpol red alerts, and who are are supposed to be uh, apprehended when they fly to other places. And uh, justice hasn't been served. Yeah, I'm sure it's particularly painful that there's really been no justice in this matter. Why, Why do you think that is? Look, it's a long and complicated story. Um, the, the most important thing is that it was at the hands of the Iranians. They're not going to give in their own people. Um, we know how the Iranians operate around the world, um, sowing uh, hatred and sowing uh, terrorism. So that's the real reason why there's nobody yet being caught for this. I know that the, the legacy of this is still felt today, even though it was 28 years ago. And I, I know that you, you spoke with people while you were there. Tell us about the impression that they left you with about the, the trauma that they still feel. That was the both moving and heartwarming to talk to them, but also very frustrating because these are people that 20 years, 20 years ago lost their loved ones, their colleagues. Um, I remember one man, his name is Javier, who told me, you know, I feel like nobody's listening and I feel like nothing's ever going to happen. I feel frustrated. And I told him, first of all, you're not alone. He had a double trauma, actually. His trauma was that a brother of his uh, was murdered during during the junta of the military junta. And then he also had the trauma of being an AMIA survivor within the building at the time. And I said, we're not, we are here, and this is proof, Scott, that you have me in your radio. We are here claiming for justice. Um, We are here all over the world. You're not alone. There are people all over the world who are coming here to Argentina. 5,000 people were at the ceremony. People all over the world reported on it, and you're not alone. 
Um, I also met a girl, Gabby, who was 20, who is now 28. She was only eight months old. Her mom was 28 when she perished, when she was killed in the army attack. And she was recounting and making parallels between her 28 years old and her mom. Right. And lastly, you know, another person I've been, I've been through the years very much in touch with is Luis, whose daughter, Paola, went for the first and last time, she accompanied her mom to the building, first time accompanying her, and she met her fate that night, that day. Wow. All right. Very, very powerful. Um, you know, surrounding the anniversary, there were other events, one of which was the Regional Forum on Anti-Semitism, where you served mm -hmm. as a panelist. So what, what was that, and what did you discuss? So it was an opportunity, as you said, to come together with both lay leaders, civic right, uh, civil rights uh, advocates, both Jewish and non-Jewish, community leaders from all over Latin America and Israel, who came to not only show their support for, for uh, the anniversary of the Anya bombing, but also to discuss the current um, challenges that reach, the region faces, challenges and also opportunities. I was in two panels. One was of Holocaust trivialization, glorification, which unfortunately we see a lot of in Latin America, uh, where comparisons to whether Nazism or, or the Holocaust are being labeled constantly, whether it's you know, COVID-related or against politicians or even glorifications where we've had, in Mexico, we had a couple who got married and they were dressed up as Hitler and Eva Brown. So there's still a lot of education to go, but the, the uh, panel was focused on what are the efforts that are already being done in Latin America in terms of Holocaust education. And then I was in another panel on uh, Zionism and anti-Semitism, anti-Zionism, which um, unfortunately we're seeing more and more uh, governments being uh, chosen to, to lead and, you know, uh, administrations in Latin America that tend more towards the left and have an anti-Israel stand that obviously not always crosses the line into anti-Semitism, but the communities are very, very Zionist, and they wear Israel on their shoulders, and they're not, they're unapologetic about their Zionism. So clearly they feel sometimes uh, either misunderstood or under threat when some of these movements, whether it's BDS movements or movements that try to tarnish um, uh, the state of Israel. Do they feel safe there? I mean, in, in, uh, in the countries of Latin America? Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. For the most part, the community is very vibrant and feel very safe, obviously, because of security issues all over Latin America, not only to Jewish communities, but any communities of faith or in the general public. There are a lot of security measures that they take because it's a standard for, for Latin America. But um, they, whenever there's flare-ups, similar to here in the U.S. and in Europe, whenever there's flare-ups, mostly go in tandem with heightened uh, conflict in Israel. Uh, be and because they see whether it's graffiti painted in their uh, institutions or, or comments in media, social media, in real life of uh, politicians who tend to conflate and equate uh, you know, some of the actions of Israel with, with the Nazi regime or genocidal and, you know, key words and code words that are very explosive and hurtful. And, and what's ADL's role there? So we support all the communities in trying to untangle some of those, um, you know, uh, statements. 
we usually uh, issue some sort of a statement. We also meet with uh, government officials from from these countries, just trying to explain some differences. Um, it's not very dissimilar from what we do. We also have education here in the U.S. And through education, that's the best way to combat all these types of hate. Uh, unfortunately, I'm afraid we're out of time. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Liat, um, and my colleague, my friend, for your amazing work. Uh, I know you're passionate about this because you uh, you come from Latin America yourself. Uh, so thank you so much for all of this and, and for com- coming on the show today to discuss your recent trip to Argentina. Thank you very much, Scott. Thank you for having me. And, of course, a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines. And please engage in these important conversations throughout the week by following me on Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Scott A. Richmond, and our hashtag is fighting hate for good.